off on another epic episode of Hero Paranormal Podcast. The hyper-anomalous esoteric research organization is bringing it today, broadcasting from the base at La Madre Mountain, just south of Area 51. My name is Ryan, the original outlaw of the airwaves, bringing you an unbelievably amazing episode today. Today we have none other than Richard D. Lewis, author, journalist, explorer, Richard is an author, a journalist, and a veteran of the U.S. Air Force where he began his career in broadcasting, creator of the award-winning Pentagon Channel TV news magazine, Air Force Space Today. He has won multiple Telly and Thomas Jefferson Awards. You'll discover a lot uh, by what Mr. Lewis has to share. He is a graduate of the Defense Information School's Writing, Broadcast, and Public Affairs program, he has published bylines and or TV clips in Black Belt Magazine, Filmlink, Fangoria, Rocket Magazine, Geek Monthly, P3 Production Update, Campus Circle, Astro News, Airforce.mil, and it just goes on and on. The Pentagon Channel, Millsite Magazine, Santa Maria Times, and the Lampoc Record. Richard is also a published songwriter on Aska's Nine Tongues LP, writing lyrics of the acclaimed single The Dream, and he wrote screenplay treatments for Jeff Nichols of Black Sabbath, pitched to the Horror Channel in England. Richard is also creator of the award-winning Pentagon TV Channel News Magazine, Air Force Space Today, and author of The Paranormal Christian, two books in fact. This is going to be an absolutely epic epic episode. The um, Paranormal Christian delves into a lot of deep, deep paranormal mysteries. I have so many questions. I've wanted to talk to Richard for quite some time. His Paranormal Christian series, book one, The Calling, is an absolutely amazing book, which asks, can a Christian be possessed? Do angels and demons dwell among us? And are they engaged in spiritual warfare? Book two, The Quickening, is also in the Paranormal Christian series. And it goes into faith in God and belief in the supernatural and that they go hand in hand. It's time to bring the paranormal back into the light with author Richard D. Lewis. Welcome to the Hero Paranormal Podcast. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me. It's, it's a pleasure and an honor. I'm so excited to talk to you. You have all the credentials necessary and more importantly, the belief and faith system necessary to go into some areas that a lot of people just aren't willing to go into. Um, you're a veteran, uh, an author, a journalist. Let's, let's start there and kind of give our listeners um, an idea where you came from and how this set the foundation for your research into the paranormal. Sure thing, Ryan. Well, 
I got to say that I didn't start out looking for the paranormal. It's more like the paranormal came looking for me. And um, by the way, I use the word paranormal, but um, and we, you know, we love it. I've always been interested in the in the paranormal. It's always all these things, the mysteries of the unknown. But it also ties into my faith life, uh, being a Christian. And a lot of people in the church are a little bit nervous about this topic, but really the word paranormal simply means supernatural. And if you're a Christian, you look at the Bible, it's a supernatural testament. So I guess it's kind of a dual-hatted interest. I had the, the, the paranormal side, but then the thing I started to notice was really there's nothing uh, contrary to the faith about being interested in the paranormal because the faith is paranormal. So... But for me, my first real paranormal experience was noticing a voice speaking to me. And, uh, you know, not, you know, like <laughs> voices uh, to make people, you know, because, you know, there are real mental illness type things that a person can have voices telling them things. But, no, this is more like a, a soft, you know, reassuring voice, you know, as from childhood, even before I had a formal understanding of religion or faith, there was this presence there, this 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 knowing, and uh, it actually saved my life. I, I go into this in my first book, The Paranormal Christian, book one, and I talk about the voice, and it, I was abducted as a child, um, not by aliens, <laughs> by the way. I know paranormal uh, folks might think when you say abduction, you mean aliens, but this was by, uh, you know, by humans, and I won't go into the full details of the story, but basically, um, it could have ended very badly for me. I was just a, a young child. And I was taken down the railroad tracks when I was walking to my, my grandma's house uh, after school one, one afternoon. And a, a teenage boy um, abducted me, took me to this uh, dilapidated shack along with uh, an older man who was there. And the two of them had me there in the shack for a while. They were about to tie me up. Um, and when they set me down and were about to wrap the ropes, the rope around my, my wrists, they uh there was a voice that said run now it was as clear as day and i jumped up it was a split second between when their hands kind of released for a moment as they were trying to tie me and i burst out of that shack and into the sunlight up the hillside to the railroad tracks all the way down to pine street and then crossing east market street to where my my grandmother lived there in greensboro north carolina and into my uh, my grandma's uh, welcoming arms and both my grandma and my aunt were outside because I had been, I was late, and they were looking for me, wondering where I was, and, um, you know, so they, I mean, as I recall, they, they called the police, and the police found the shack, but those those two uh, two characters that abducted me were gone. Um, I'm sure they probably figured that something, you know, since I got away, that uh, something might be coming, and uh, I don't know whatever happened with them, but I know that, that for me, I'm so grateful, because um, as I understand God, that was God that saved my life. So that was my first kind of awakening, really, into there being something more than, than what we see with our eyes in this physical experience. Richard, that is, that is a very, very amazing story. And, you know, I, I can't agree more that uh, a higher power or the silent center of all things has a still small voice and I think it's Revelations 21, 1 through 7, that, that says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne say, and it goes on. The amazing thing with you, Richard, is that um, you and I agree that, and a lot of people are not willing to uh, talk about this, 
that faith in God and the belief in the supernatural go hand in hand. And those are your words. And I, 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 am, I am of that opinion as well. And it is not, not to say that there isn't uh, a lot of nefarious, malevolent, supernatural things going on. However, I do believe that the all-powerful has all power. Um, you've, you've had quite the exploration through life into the paranormal. How, uh, how, how did you get started along this, this mysterious path? Well, the thing is, like I said, I've, I've, uh, I'm a lifelong long Christian. I had an experience and a knowingness of God before anybody really defined what it was for me. And through, through religion, we're able to study uh, what the traditions say and what um, you know, our, the, the scribes and, and the, the, the faith leaders throughout the years have, have figured out and written down for our knowledge. Uh, but it all comes from an actual genuine experience. So, but the thing I was getting a bit disenfranchised was if you go outside the realm of, of what's revealed with the what if questions, you know, like, for example, what about ghosts? And, you know, the Testament of Scripture to me reveals that ghosts are, are, are definitely a possibility. And the church doesn't say there aren't ghosts. Uh, in fact, they, the, the way the, the Catholic Church, for example, looks at ghosts as they, they believe that these are the spirits that are uh, in purgatory that we are experiencing. And, uh, and you know, they're one of the, the few faith groups that actually talks directly about it. A lot of, a lot of uh, churches just don't want to get into it. Or your more evangelical faith groups will just take a pat answer and say, well, it's all demons. And, you know, I think it's more nuanced and, and more subtle than that. And so you can say there's no such thing as ghosts, or uh, which is what I always used to hear as a, as a kid. Uh, but then all your all your uh, family get-togethers and stories invariably turn to these to these experiences. If you bring the topic up, suddenly people start talking. Well, yeah, we lived in this house. You know, we heard things. We uh, we felt things, stuff like that. And then to the point where you actually where you actually see something and experience it directly, then you want to start asking questions. So I was one of those people that was asking questions, and I noticed that a lot of fellow Christians were asking questions, and a lot of times the church was reticent to answer. Well, I didn't want to believe that the church didn't have an answer for these questions, so I began a study. I looked at what the scriptures say. I talked to folks. I interviewed people, and I looked at the example of uh, the, the, you know, the, the tremendous weight of witness testimony over the years, both with known cases and then what I was able to uncover myself to see this is a true human experience, and it crosses all cultures and uh, all time and all religions and faiths. So ghosts seem to be something that's going on. But if you look at the Bible, um, the, the Bible isn't contrary to ghosts. For example, um, the first inkling that you get is um, Jesus' disciples. When Jesus walked on the water, this is a, this is a story that we get in the scriptures, uh, Matthew 14 and 26, for example, um, and in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Now, if there were no such thing as ghosts, right then and there, Jesus could have debunked the whole thing and said, hey, guys, come on, you know there's no such thing as ghosts. Check it out, it's me. But no, he said, he said, um, 
you know, it, it said it, it is I. You don't have to be afraid. But they said it was a ghost. So that right there implies at least, I mean, it's implicit that they that they there must have been a belief in ghosts because that's what they thought he was. And then later on in the scriptures, we find out um, at, at the resurrection, which is, by the way, the most, you know, if that isn't the most paranormal, supernatural slash event in all of recorded history, I'm not sure what else is. You know, I look at the Shroud of Turin, and we could do a whole show just on that and, 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 and what that means. But once again, they thought he was a ghost. Um, and, and the scriptures talk about this in Luke uh, chapter 24. And uh, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them, and they said, and he said to them, Peace be with you. But they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. And then Jesus says, A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Again, that's Luke 24, 36 through 43. He says, A, a ghost doesn't have uh, flesh and bones as you see I have. So he doesn't say there's no such thing as ghosts. He says, A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones like me. Touch and see. So once again, if that doesn't uh, it surely imply, I mean, it definitely shows that there was a belief in ghosts. And then I think there's a strong implication that ghosts would be something real. Why else would Jesus say it that way? Totally. And, you know, it's, it's mind blowing the, uh, the hypothesis, especially with a lot of, um, a lot of the theories and the publicity surrounding the, uh, hearings that are being taken with UFOs and UAPs currently. I think it's, it's really starting to hit the mainstream and, uh, it, it, we're hearing a lot of ufologists and others com commenting on this and in you know there, there's a wide variety of theories and we may be dealing with a multi-dimensional paraphysical phenomenon that is largely indigenous to planet earth this is kind of uh, disparaging because a lot of these encounters uh valet and other ufologists top minds in the field have studied the phenomenon that when these quote-unquote alien abductions take place, when believers in a power higher than themselves yell out for help to Christ um, or other, other characters of life from other religions, that these entities disappear. Have you found that in your research at all? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know... In the faith, in the Christian faith, we're taught that um, the name of Jesus Christ is the name above all other names. And um, you can test this out even if you're not a believer per se. Uh, if you say that name in belief, you're actually showing a form of belief that has power. And, um, and we see that through the, through the exorcism examples uh, in, the, in the New Testament. Um, but you have to have... Uh, belief in the name uh, and what it what it stands for the power that it that it means but yes uh, to your point alien abductions have uh, have stopped through people calling on the name of Jesus in Jesus name I command you to stop in Jesus name or just Jesus help me God help me and these things stop so if these were truly extra biological uh, you know, entities uh, you know I mean beings like us from an, from another world somewhere then why would they have to pay any attention to um, 
you know, the name of, uh, of this, um, this carpenter, uh, that lived 2000 years ago. No, that's the son of God. That's, and it's, and it's real and it's across all, all time. But, but yes, uh, you know, you talk about valet. So even, um, you know, even in the, uh, boy, even in the, like the, uh, the, the 1970s, they were already figuring this, this stuff out about the, the, uh, the, um, uh, the, you know, the, the transdimensional viewpoint uh, of extraterrestrials. I get into a lot of this uh, in, in my, and especially in my, in my second book, The Paranormal Christian, book two, uh, which just came out. Um, you can get it on my website. It's uh, richarddlewisauthor.com. And again, Paranormal Christian, book two. Um, and I've devoted almost 20% of the book just to the UFO problem. And it is a, 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 a multifaceted, multidimensional issue because um, I'm not going to say that all UFO experiences are, you know, extra dimensional. Um, I'm not going to say that there isn't a possibility of extraterrestrial, you know, biological life like us out there. I mean, I, I kind of like to believe that there is, but we don't really know. Um, and then a lot of the things that we see are explainable. Most UFO encounters are explainable, UAPs or UFOs, whatever they want to call them these days. Um, I still like the classical term UFO because, um, especially if it's an actual uh, object in the sky, there's nothing wrong with saying something's unidentified because that's exactly what it is if you don't know. And uh, also, you mentioned that I'm a veteran. I'm an Air Force veteran and uh, as a civilian also working for the, the Space Force. And I've been around... Uh, U.S. Um, uh, U.S. Space Command um, in, in the Air Force. I've seen, I've witnessed every kind of, you know, high-tech uh, craft in our inventory, from the uh, from the uh, the F-117 to the B-2 bomber. Seen these these um, these items up close. I've seen them in flight. Um, you know, the rocket from the uh, the, the Delta IV Heavy um, to 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 the the Atlas. All these things I've seen actually fly uh i've seen what this you know what the um you know what the space station looks like in flight um at night um i've been staring at this at the sky since i was a little kid I, I've, I've always been a stargazer i i love you know and you just don't see these things very often once in a while you might see something that's not explainable well you know i think that a lot of the things that are actual verifiable objects are you know if it's not something that's already in our inventory that we know about Perhaps it's something that we just don't know about yet that's in development. You know, um, um, you know, Ben Rich of Skunk Works said that there's things at, during his time that were 50 years ahead of anything that we knew about. And uh, when you look at the time of Kenneth Arnold and his experience, um, seeing something that looked like saucers skipping across the sky, which is where the term flying saucer comes from, not because of a saucer shape per se, um, you know, we already had flying wings well in, in, in development at that point in time. Um, so that's my thought is that a lot of the things people see are, are our own, um, you know, black projects that are in development. And, uh, and that's what that is. But when it comes to the actual, um, the contactee or, or abductee experience, you see there's a commonality there that we found through the works of, of Valet and other, other thinkers through the years. Um, you know, that, that very m closely matches the uh, medieval tales of, um, you know, uh, nymphs and, uh, and succubus and incubus, uh, common experiences that, that, you know, the church fathers talked about. 
you know, they, they, uh, they, it was clear that these things were happening to people. And again, these are, are not, are, are not, uh, you know, just in the Christian faith, all faiths across the globe through time have had these experiences. So there's certain things you find there's, there's fear, there's uh, sleep paralysis, you know, it goes beyond those simple, you know, biological explanation of sleep paralysis. There's the, the, um, the experience of beings and whether these beings um, show themselves as what we would experience as the gray aliens or something like that, or the, you know, creatures of, of the of demon, more demon-like creatures of legend, um, I think it's a common experience and they're just wearing a different mask. And that would explain why you say, please stop in Jesus' name. And I would invite any of your listeners that have um, experienced this, this, this phenomenon I know it's a real experience. I know you're suffering. I'm not, I, I don't say that it's not real, but try calling on the name of God, the name of Jesus Christ. Do it in belief. Do it in faith. When this is happening to you and you watch what, what happens, these powers cannot stand against the power of Jesus. Yeah, man, it is. I, I have had instances, not, not to go off on my own personal experiences, but I have had instances where, as yourself, I, I was um, brought up and had a, in, a belief not only in a higher power who I choose to call God, but also uh, a connection. And I, I've heard that small voice in times of need. Some of those times were very scary times on Red Rock Ridges, um, in Skinwalker territory, and you know it is—it's interesting that, as you said, this phenomenon that has occurred throughout recorded human history and in prior ages was ascribed to mythological or supernatural creatures, is now taking on this UFO, UAP, alien agenda. And I really like that you brought up the mask, Richard, because as some ufologists have called them messengers of deception. Yeah, you don't always know what it, you you worded it a lot better than I can, but um, you don't know what you're dealing with until you know what you're dealing with. Is, isn't that true in some of these instances? Oh, oh, it is. And let me tell you, I didn't start out this journey looking for that to be the answer. I, I wanted it to be uh, the other answer. And I still think that it's possible. I don't say that there's not alien life out there. Um, you know, there's the, the you hear this, it's becoming um, almost, almost cliche now where it's like, you know, the universe is far too vast for us to be the only things in the universe. Well, we've we're not alone. We've never been alone. And that's what our faith reveals to us. That's what, you know, it's inherent, inherent. Uh, the Bible says that the heavens declare, declare his handiwork. So people have always had an experience of something greater than themselves, whether or not it's defined through the Christian faith. There's, there's always been this knowing that humans, you just look up in the sky, you look at the mountains, the trees, the clouds, you get the sense that you're, that there's something bigger than you um, at work. And then you get that knowingness inside that still small voice telling you things. But on the other hand, even though I always had that, I've been interested in, you know, I remember as a kid watching close encounters of the, of the third kind. I talk about that in the, in the, the prologue to my book, book two, the paranormal Christian book two, and how it's always been an interest to me. And, you know, I wanted it to be much like the, uh, the mainstream ufologist. I wanted it to be the other thing. I wanted it to be those, those alien visitors. And I'm not saying that they're not there. And we look at the vastness of the cosmos. There's something like, you know, a hundred billion, uh, galaxies in the known universe. 
and uh, every galaxy has uh, something like 100 billion star systems. And you look at, uh, and we seem to be at first glance, you know, on the on the outer rim of an average galaxy with an average star. But when you look closer, you find out that there's nothing average at all about our placement of what we are. Uh, there's a supermassive black hole at the center of our universe. It's the furthest thing that we want to be around. But it's probably the engine of our of our of our galaxy and engine of all galaxies. You know, every car has an engine. You need the engine, but you don't want to get too close because the engine's pretty hot. You know, it's kind of like that in the in the universe. And uh, you know, our average sized planet seems actually to be about perfect with our two with our much too large moon that uh, you know keeps our orbit uh, and our tilt of our axis in check. It regulates our tides and things. Um, it shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't have it, it being perfectly aligned to where it blocks out the sun exactly during, you know, for, for, for us to view the, the eclipses and things like that. And, um, you know, our yellow dwarf star happens to be a, a very rare in the universe. Uh, or, you know, those are not the common stars that you see. Uh, so the more you peer into it, the more you see the design there. And, you know, living matter emerging from non-living it's not even possible. It's mathematically impossible, but yet here we are. So you can't really say, well, because we're here, they must be there too. Uh, but on the other hand, I still look at it. It's a lot. It is a lot of space. Um, and but is it a wasted space? I mean, I don't know. You know, you, you look at the atoms that make up our bodies, which come from you know 14 billion years of stars birthing and dying. That's what we're made of star stuff. Uh, but but an atom is mostly empty space. But it's you know it's not wasted space. It's what's needed. So. You can't really say it's wasted space. But then on the other hand, just experiencing God and knowing God and how God is, you look around the, the physical world, you see it's full of diversity. The, the oceans are full of life, teeming, with, you know, from, the, from, the, from where the sun reaches all the way to the inkiest, blackest depths. You find, uh, you know, creatures that are bioluminescent that create their own light, and you see this variety in the natural world. Um, so I think perhaps the spiritual world is like that. And then... Perhaps the universe is like that. So I would like to believe that there's other life like us um, that are intelligent. And then you have to ask yourself questions like, well, what's their experience of, of what's soteriology mean to them, you know, to use a theological term? You know, how, how are we saved, you know, if we're aliens? Pope Francis talked about this in 2014, about the possibility of baptizing aliens. And he kind of said it, you know, in a, in a sideways way to, to his clergy and but, you know, the, the media picked up on it because it was very interesting. But he said, who am I to stand in, in the way uh, of, of, the, of the grace for them? Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, I, I always thought that there was um, ETs out there uh, that, are, that are like us, you know, biological uh, creatures in nuts and bolts spacecraft, as the ufologists believe. That's what I or the mainstreamers believe. You know, I always wanted it to be that. But again, the more I looked into the evidence, we really don't have the proof, you know, um, for for physical um, extraterrestrial beings visiting the Earth. There's a lot of stories, but I don't see a lot of proof. Now, I'm open to it, but, um, but when you talk about the actual personal experiences, you know, once again, um, people usually experience these things at night. They usually happen while they're sleeping, you know. They usually find themselves deposited uh, back into their bedroom, nicely tucked in. I mean, this doesn't seem to be consistent with you know, biological entities doing these things. I couldn't agree more that the, the, the tricksters love the darkness. And uh, something that I want to point out is your website, richarddlewisauthor.com. Amazing website. And I think what's really 
the best thing about it is you are actually helping people or trying to help people, as you said before. You have free access to a three video deliverance from Demon series, and uh, you are writing books on the subject that is going into, you know, this this against, not against, but you're opening the minds of people. I think there's a predominant explanation by, you know, ufologists dealing with UAPs and other things. And it's important not to have blinders on when you're looking at this because there's a lot going on uh, that, you know, I, I, I go back to um, some biblical accounts and whenever you're dealing with a power that is so great that it is stunning, I, I always come back to uh, when the Nazarene was born and an angel comes down amongst shepherds and they're horrified. They're just horrified and stunned by its power. And this is an angelic being. This is not even a demonic being. And it's still basically, I cannot remember the wording. You probably know better than I, but it kind of had to say, fear not, like calm down. It's okay. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there, there's a lot of power involved when you're dealing with both angels or demons. And this is something that it's hard, it's hard for humans to grasp this. Oh, I couldn't agree more. You know, that's that almost every account in the Bible where you see an angel appearing to someone and the word angel simply means, um, as it's translated, it simply means messenger. Um, and, and there's a whole hierarchy of, of, of angels. And um, I get into this in my first book, The Paranormal Christian, book one, and I lay out um, the entire the entire spectrum. Usually I feel like um, we here in our in our mortal existence when we encounter angels, it's probably going to be a lower tier angel, something like a, um, you know, a personal guardian angel, um, which I believe the scriptures uh, support, or, um, or, or maybe an, an archangel. And then, but then you have these beings as, as, as they're defined that go all the way through the, the cosmic powers uh, and principalities. These are these are these are beings of, of, of great power. Uh, the, you know, the thr- the dominions, the thrones, they don't even leave God's presence. You know, um, and and then there's uh, there's regional beings, uh, and those are very powerful too. In the Bible, it talks about the prince of, of Persia and and Saint Michael uh, having to help to help Daniel overcome the prince of Persia. So we're talking about a being that was in charge of the entire all of Persia, you know. And um, when you, if you really look into it, and I get into this in in, in my chapter uh, called the the other gods in my first book, where you talk about. Um, you know, like the Greek gods and things and things like that, um, you, you will see that um, they're, 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 you know, the Mesopotamian peoples in the ancient times, they all were experiencing similar beings like the Baal that they talk about in the, in the, in the Bible and uh, Zeus. Um, they both hold lightning bolts, you know. Chances are it's the same being, you know what I mean? So, uh, and that's on the higher tier. Now, on the, on the lower tier with, with our experiences, they, you do see that, you know, fear or not, you all you 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 often you often see that. But then there's the the, the personal experience too. Like when when uh, Peter was freed from prison by an angel, um, and uh, and he returned to the disciples. Uh, King Herod, you know, threw him into prison. Um, back in those days, the uh, the religious leaders were very upset by this church movement. Uh, they didn't understand it. They didn't know that Jesus was the Messiah. Many of them, many of them did, of course, and they converted. But um, and really, the Christianity is we 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 keep our ties with our with our our Jewish brethren. You know, it's, it's that's why they call the belief system Judeo.
Christian because we feel like that we're the fulfillment. Uh, we're the, you know, we're the children of Abraham as well. You know, we feel like we're we're Israelites by being grafted in through through Jesus. But anyway, when Peter uh, returned, they it says they they didn't believe. You know, Rhoda was actually the the person that uh, saw him, that heard his voice, I should say. Uh, and when she told the disciples, Peter's here, they knew he was locked up, so they didn't believe it. And they said, well, um, first they said, oh, you must be crazy. And then they were like, well, it must be his angel, you know. And uh, the scriptures say that, uh, that, you know, the little children, their angels always behold the face of the Father. So there is a gentle side to angels as well. And, uh, and you'll feel that prodding, you know, by your, by your, guardian, your guardian angel. And, and it's, it's a lot less frightening. And, uh, but I think the angels, uh, they know how to maybe dim their light down enough to where they don't scare us and things like that. Um, but, yeah, when it comes to the nefarious means, um, they're powerful beings, but power of God is much more powerful than that. And I'm not saying that every single thing that happens, it's, I don't look for, I don't expect a demon to be under every rock. I uh, certainly don't think that. But then we don't want to make the mistake of um, not believing in them either because that's the greatest lie that Satan could ever, could ever pull on us. It's a, that's kind of a famous saying, you know, the greatest, the, the greatest thing was um, to convince us that he doesn't exist. Because at the end of the day, really, the agenda is there. So if you fall in lockstep with the agenda, it doesn't matter if you believe in it. And it's like, you know, in the, uh, uh, you know, like the movie The Prophecy. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's such a, that's just such a wicked, cool film, you know, with uh, Christopher Walken. And uh, it's like, you know, well, you don't have to believe in demons. They believe in you, you know, kind of thing. So, um, so it is real. And, uh, and, but like I say, I think the paranormal experience is, is far more nuanced and subtle and uh and diverse than uh, a lot of people on either side want to believe and really we have to explore this from an open mind um you know uh it, it, when it comes to science science definitely needs to have an open mind the faith is same same thing you know you can't we can't get stuck in dogma because we look at what what uh, our investigation and our experience and, and it reveals to us the thing that I find comfort in is that it doesn't conflict with the Bible. It doesn't conflict with the scriptures. That's what I want people to know, that you can you can have your cake and eat it too, so to speak. I mean, you can be interested in cryptids and, and, and UFOs and, and ghosts and angels and demons and all these kind of things. Be curious about it, about these the, the, the mythologies, um, the traditions. All these things come from true experiences. And then you look at what does the Bible have to say about it. It doesn't it doesn't conflict with these various things. In fact, you, you find that it's all correlated under one big picture. So that's what I'm trying to get across to folks with, with my book series, The Paranormal Christian. Uh, book one came out in 2020. Uh, book two uh, just, just came out um, a couple of months ago. And, um, hey, you know, I, I invite all of you to explore. If you're curious about it, um, if this speaks to you somehow, please. And also, once again, my website, richarddlewisauthor.com. Uh, get to know me. Um, I, I, I speak directly to, to the people that follow me on, on social media. I'm active on Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, even if you're not into this paranormal stuff, if you just like movies, I have a whole film review site that uh, just is devoted to cool things like superhero movies, uh, horror films, action movies, all that kind of stuff. So um, I think there's a lot that we can, uh, we can talk about together. Yes, and I think you're in a very unique position um, with your careers uh, throughout your life, um, working with uh, the Air Force, uh, the space 
um, stuff. And, you know, it is very interesting, in my opinion, kind of switching gears a little bit, that these messengers of deception of some, as some have called them, and I'm not trying to just keep it dark the whole way because there is light here as well. But um, the shape-shifting that is mentioned in a lot of mythology and folklore, and I mean, the concept is the idea of shape-shifting. It's one of the oldest forms of totemism and shamanism, as well as it's in all kinds of epic poems and literature. And the ability to physically transform oneself through an inherently superhuman ability, divine intervention or demonic manipulation, there's a, there's a, a number of ways to do this. What I find interesting is that a lot of ufology and experts in the UAP field will not look at this through the lens of biblical truth. They will look at everything else, um, but many of them, and I shouldn't speak for all of them because there are some that are open to it, but I think it's important to be open-minded to all things and not discount the Bible. What, what are your thoughts on this, Richard? Well, uh, the Bible is an amazing uh, proof text for so many of these things. And, you know, that's one of the things I really enjoy about, uh, take, for example, the ancient alien, um, uh, you know, the ancient astronaut theory and, and that, um, you know, people like Eric Von Daniken, um popularized. And then, of course, we've got the, the shows like the History Channel's show, Ancient Aliens. And I, and I love that show because... They take all of the, the Bible stories at face value. They don't try to discount them like, like skeptics do. They actually believe these things happen. It's just a little bit of a difference in what they say uh, is the cause. You know, most of them think that all these things can be explained by, um, by uh, biological entities and nuts and bolts spacecraft. And, you know, I don't say that there isn't, like I say, the possibility of, of some of that. But you've got to just go where the evidence um, leads you. And when it comes to shape-shifting and things like that, the Bible is very clear that uh, the devil can appear as an angel of light, and that's why uh, Apostle Paul, or, or excuse me, um, Apostle John, told us that we should we should test the spirits. You know, and this comes from First uh, John four one and six. He says, "Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God." And um, so, you know, most Christians say, "Well, you can't you can't speak to spirits. Uh, they can't speak to you. These kind of things." There's all kinds of uh, false beliefs that I debunk in my books, the Paranormal Christian Book 1 and 2. But why would he tell us to test the spirits if we weren't going to interact with them? And uh, once again, when it comes to things like, like, say, you know, the cryptids, like Bigfoot, for example, um, you know, my initial thought and belief, what I would prefer to believe, but, but what it may be is two, it could be two different things. Because I would rather, just like with when I was a kid and I wanted to believe that, the, uh, the the flying saucers were from another planet, and they're biological, you know, sentient beings like us, uh, not you know angelic or demonic or whatever. That's what I wanted to believe, but that may not be what we're experiencing. Um, it may be you know extra dimensional. And when it comes to this, it's the same thing with the with the cryptids and the, and and so forth. Um, I would like to think that maybe Bigfoot, because you know the, uh, this creature or Sasquatch or the Yeti is experienced in, you know, usually in remote regions, dense forests. I would like to think, well, maybe this is a, maybe this is a, um, a descendant from our same family trees, Homo sapiens. You know, maybe this is a, uh, you know, a bipedal, you know, uh, a creature that's uh, an ape-like creature that's a physical being that um, has just been hiding from us all these years and, and is, and is, 
you know, you know, tucked away in these forests, and that's why we really um, haven't um, in, in encountered them directly, uh, so to speak, or discovered them uh, implicitly. I would like to believe that. That would be cool. You know, the the um, you know the scientist in me wants that. You know, I would just love to just touch one and see one, right? But then, why do they smell like sulfur? Okay, why do they uh, mysteriously appear and disappear? Why are they so hard to catch? You know, you see it one minute and then it's gone the next. You know, maybe these are exactly what we think they are. And then we've got all these all these stories uh, from our from our uh, from the, the various cultures that you mentioned, um, the native the native traditions, the spiritual traditions, the shamanic traditions, and they where they talk about skinwalkers and they talk about you know things uh, the, these these strange beings. And you know we can't. We certainly can't discount the fact that they may be spiritual in nature. Maybe they're opening portals. Maybe that's what uh, what we explain. When you talk about dimensionality, uh, that that actually answers a lot of questions. You know, the Apostle Paul had something that would seem to be like a, a near-death experience, where he talked about being carried to the third heaven and seeing things and experiencing things that he really couldn't, you know, wasn't allowed to to describe, or or maybe he couldn't describe it because. Perhaps, uh, like my friend Louis Monero uh, told me, and I talked to him for my first book, uh, he's, a, he's an expert researcher in OBEs, uh, out-of-body experiences. He says the, the, um, when you're in the other realms, this body, the brain, we don't have the hardware to download the software. So that's why they can't, they can't fully describe it. And that's why in the Bible it talks about you know, streets of gold, pearly gates, things like that doesn't mean that it's a literal reference to literal, you know, well, what is it, 24 karat gold, the 14 karat, it's, been, it's not gold-plated, right? It's heaven. It's got to be pure gold. No. I mean, it was talking about shimmering, you know, um, cosmic things that, you know, you experience in the, in the spirit that you probably can't even describe in the, in the, in the physical. So, so yeah, it's, it's uh, man, it's, it's, really, it's really fun. It's really cool. Uh, to study these things, and like I say, the thing I want to reassure reassure Christians is that it's okay. It's, it's okay to be interested in this stuff. And I want to tell the people from the from the more of the paranormal side that uh, you know aren't really interested in the faith. You know, um, Christianity Christianity is is it's for it's for everyone, and uh, we don't want anyone to feel excluded. We we you know people have had bad experiences. Human beings are fallible. Um, the errors that that uh, some some of our you know, faith have made over the years. Uh, don't don't let that uh, make you angry at God because God is just pure love, it's love for everyone, and that's that's what you experience when you know Jesus. Yeah, man, it is. You know, anyone who has encountered uh, strange events firsthand will quickly realize that one's ver- worldview shifts. You uh, you begin to notice things that you didn't notice before, and um, a new book by George Knapp, I'm sure you've heard of it, uh, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon, an insider's account of the secret government UFO program. It goes into extensive government studies, into anomalies such as abductions, wormholes, anti-gravity, invisibility cloaking, and fusion technology, and the odd goings-on in many of these ranch-like areas rural areas, you know, dogs being vaporized, things appearing out of nowhere, manifesting from nothing. You know, the government is taking this seriously and with good reason. Don't you agree? 
Uh, they certainly uh, seem to be. I mean, I think they've always had an interest in it. Um, going back to, um, you know, Project Blue Book and the predecessor, um, you know, uh, studies that led to that led to Blue Book, um, there's always been this interest in, when it comes down to the military, I mean, there's a pragmatic interest because, you know, it's, um, if if there are things in our skies, um, do, you know, do they threaten our natural, our, uh, excuse me, our national security? That's, that's what um, our defense leaders are always interested in, and I mean they've never um, they've never closed the door to the paranormal. I mean you know um, remote viewers have been used um, in, in tactical ways uh, for, by our government, and that's that's a known thing. And uh, you know when it comes to the work of George Knapp, I think it's very very impressive. I'm I'm very fascinated how he broke the story on Bob Lazar, and I look at um, you know what what Bob Lazar revealed. About how how these um, these craft um, use anti gravity to propagate, and the the, the common thought in the ufologist um, community is that you know people like uh, engineers like Mr. Lazar used um, alien technology to to reverse engineer spacecraft and so on. Um, well, maybe or maybe people like him were brought into this, and they just uh, you know they're fed a story or they come up with you know, certain certain technology. Like I say, there's just not enough proof for it to go that far for me. I do believe that um, that our science is, is way ahead of, of what we see. Um, with there, it's, it's a known fact that we have that we have a massive black budget that is uh, beyond the the oversight of Congress. Uh, there's things that are going on. Um, you know, our, our obviously the the U.S. Navy has uh, uh, pilots and and seamen have have um, experienced things. Um, that's what got a lot of this stirred up, and of course, the New York Times and and Leslie Keen and all those folks when they when they broke the uh, the ATIP story, which of course George Knapp is all over that and the, and the, and the ASWAT, uh, I think it's called, and and all of those other uh, uh, tertiary programs. Oh yeah, I mean I think the government's very interested, and it's um, it's curious when you look at the, the the papers and the things that were that have been studied, you know, anti gravity portal technology, um, all those kinds of things. Um, they're interested in and uh what have they found out what do they know i mean I, w I would love to know because i think it's like um i think the rabbit hole you know it's like alice in wonderland i think i think you go down that rabbit hole you know you uh are you going to take the blue pill or the red pill which one do you want to take and uh you know i'm all about taking the red pill and just going down the rabbit hole and finding out what's going on Yes, absolutely. It is. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to be gleaned and learned from from this. And you know, George Knapp, I agree, deserves a lot of recognition. And I think it's also important to uh, recognize Colm Kelleher and uh, Bob Bigelow, who um, you know, in private conversations with uh, Colm, he has mentioned uh, w things that he has called poltergeist activity. Uh, in his words, um, bring, being brought back home by investigators. This sounds very demonic. And um, it is, you know, I think Robert Bigelow, again, he has had a long interest in the paranormal. And he's probably spent more money than um, a lot of the newer generations have made off of the paranormal. And that, that, that conversation, the poltergeist activity conversation being brought home with investigators, something I believe they call the hitchhiker effect. It's 
very poltergeist-like, very demonic, and it seems as if these programs are starting to realize that there's more to this, and I think your books go deeply into this. Um, you know, being Definitely. a Christian, yeah, can, can you tell us a little bit about how your career has helped you research and investigate the paranormal? Well, you know, once again, um, I, when it comes to the paranormal, I look for, you know, the normal. I mean, paranormal is becoming the new normal, but, um, you know, supernatural means, uh, you know, unexplained. And um, the more we learn, the more we can explain things. But, you know, if you hear a sound, you know, you, you, you know, you hear a uh, 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 it could be wind blowing, you know, the ha old houses creak, um, you know, water drips, uh, trees make shadows in the wind. Most paranormal things are explainable, you know, and that certainly um, goes into the UFO experience as well. So that's the first thing I would look for. Then if it is something that is, um, you know, an actual phenomena that's, uh, you know, appears to be a tangible thing, I would look for something natural like weather, you know. I hate to say it, but the, you know, good old swamp gas, you know, you know, <laughs> maybe it's swamp gas. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. But, um, you know, Venus, uh, Venus, if it looks, uh, you know, uh, there's all kinds of things, meteors, there's, there's all kinds of astronomical explanations. And then I said, uh, like I said before, it, you know, there's actual things uh, that we know about that, but you might not know about, but it's a spacecraft or it's the, uh, the space station, different things that look strange. Um, but then, that, that's explainable, or maybe technology that we don't even know about. Um, you know, if you saw a flying wing back in Kenneth Arnold's time, you would certainly think that's a UFO. And my experience um, uh, with the Air Force and having seen the B-2 fly, it really does look like something alien. It's, it's very stealthy. Very, they call it the stealth bomber for a reason. It makes almost no noise until it's right on top of you. It, it forms like a fingernail on the horizon, so you can barely see it. Um, it has this, uh, this strange shape and it can literally bomb targets, uh, while it's not even seen because it's, it's so high in, in, in altitude at the time. So, um, these things would seem extraterrestrial. And then when you get into the spiritual side of things, that's what I really love about what, what, uh, what George Knapp is, is doing with, uh, the skinwalkers at the Pentagon, uh, book is the fact that finally it's coming together because for a long time, and this is nothing new, this, this, um, this extra dimensional uh, viewpoint it has been, you know, since, uh, you know, uh, Valet was talking about it, you know, in the early 1970s, and, uh, but, but, ten, but ufologists tended to, you know, divide, camp, divide into camps over this and say, well, you're either, you're either, um, you know, extra biological entities, nuts and bolts, spacecraft believer, or you're, you know, extra dimensional type uh, believer, but no, um, we're studying these things. We're seeing things that are flying around. We're wondering what they are. They seem to be physical. Um, but despite our best efforts, they're having these paranormal, like you said, poltergeist experiences. If listen, if this was, if this was biological entities like us, we're aliens too. I mean, we've already stepped out into other worlds, you know, I mean, uh, we physically landed on another world, you know, when you think about 
the many times that we've stepped on the moon. But uh, but we're putting probes on 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 on, on asteroids now. You know, we've we've revisited the outer planets. We've sent probes out of our out of our solar system. You know, we're the aliens now. Okay, so um, but how do you explain these paranormal experiences? If these are beings like us, even if they are uh, advanced by millions of years, as many people believe, why would there be paranormal experiences associated with these things? You know, and again, when you get to the, especially when you start talking about the contactees, why, you know, uh, you know, like Adamski uh, back in the early days, we're, we're hearing stories of uh, beings from Venus and, and from what Jupiter, you know, the, the planets. That, and now we know as our science grew, we learned that, well, these planets are not inhabited. So the stories go out into the galaxy and now they're out into other galaxies. So these beings seem to be changing their stories over time. Because I don't want to say that all these contactees over the years, I don't want to call them liars. That would be very disrespectful. I mean, there are obviously hoaxers in this in this uh, community um, that we've always had. But there are people that are truly suffering uh, from experiences that uh, deserve our sympathy because it's a, it's a very real thing that's happening to them. But, I mean, come on. If you're, if you're taken aboard a spacecraft um, – and you go visit another planet, we're not going to see you again because uh, we can't get around Einstein. We can't get around. We can't get around the laws of physics. You know, if you travel, I mean, you know, you you space and time are interwoven. You can't go visit these this, these reaches without long spans of time. Um, you can't just go to these planets and get deposited back. And then if you are, then why are you neatly tucked into your bed? You know especially if you were uh, subject to some of these horrible, horrible things that people experience. So, no, I'm very encouraged by the fact that this, this paranormal part of it is being acknowledged. The researchers are looking at it and they're saying, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is part of it. This is, this is, and so you can't science, you can't, uh, you can't cut that out of the story. It's part of the story. So we have to look at where the evidence leads. And guess what? Maybe, just maybe, the evidence is going to lead us all the way from our science, all the way back around to our anecdotal traditions, to the shamanic traditions, to the faith uh, revealed to us in the Bible, and to what we knew all along. Yeah, man. It is amazing how you have delved into this mystical exploration of the paranormal phenomena through the lens of the Bible. I, I really appreciate that. And um, in your words, uh, I, I love this, this line. If you believe in the Bible, you already have faith in the unseen, the supernatural worldview of our ancestors. And, you know, at times, I, I wish I had a time machine or a way to like jump space time or something like that. I've, I've kind of crystallized myself in a, a small little area doing some research and you know, there's times like this morning I had to overnight um, a small research tool that they needed like yesterday. And um, we're really up against amazing, amazing, curious mysteries. And I think that you are on the cutting edge of this. You've answered many of my questions. I hope listeners have gathered a lot. And you have you've had a long and impressive career with the United States government. And I thank you for your service. Your unique worldview is extremely 100% on point on many subjects. And let's go Thank in. You. Yeah, absolutely. It's well-deserved. Um, let's go into where listeners can get help with demonic issues, read your books, and support your magnificent work. Well, Ryan, thank you for, for those kind words. I, I, I really appreciate it. And, you know, again, um, 
uh, our, our, you know, if you look at our Christian creeds, it's it's right there. You know, I believe in God, the Maker uh, of of heaven and earth, uh, and all things visible and invisible. Right there from our from our ancient creeds, you see, and invisible. Wait a minute, what did they what did they put in there? You know, see, there's there's more to it than meets the eye, and uh, and yeah. So I just want to be able to bridge that gap, you know, to bring all people into the fold, um, and um, you know, help people to understand that that um, there are answers to these things. Uh, so again, my website, richarddlewisauthor.com. That's richarddlewisauthor.com. My book series is called The Paranormal Christian. Uh, book one and book two are both available on my website, as well as Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble, all the other booksellers. You can find you can find my books there. But richarddlewis.com. You can find out all things about. Um, you know, you can you can experience my deliverance from demons video series. You can sign up for that if you join my 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 um, if you you know if you if you sign up for the web for our, for our website and um, uh, it's everything's free. You know, all the resources, uh, past podcasts that have been recorded are there. Uh, plus, all of uh, the things that I do with news, current events, uh, film reviews, all kinds of goodness you can find there at my website, RichardDLewisAuthor.com. Thank you, Richard. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. You're a master at your craft. And uh, yeah, amen, man. I'm glad that you're you're doing it the way you're doing it. Well, thank you for what you do, Ryan. Uh, Hero Paranormal, you're my hero, bud. I really appreciate you. Man, oh man. Do I appreciate Richard D. Lewis coming on, discussing his amazing career. Um, he is the creator of the award-winning Pentagon Channel TV new, news magazine, Air Force Space Today. He's won multiple Telly and Thomas Jefferson Awards. What an investigator researching from an angle that others are scared to research from. It's uh, it's pretty amazing that, you know, his stories, his look at this subject, and the, the tools that he's offering through his website, definitely something all listeners should take a look at. Great books on the subject matter. It's interesting. The entertainment industry has produced huge, huge numbers of television shows, uh, movies that involve UFOs, aliens, and there has been a lot of money made in this arena, yet many have their goal to help. And Richard is one of those. He is the creator of an amazing website, an amazing book series, and he's a legitimate helper of humanity Clearly, he is pointing at a little bit something different when it comes to the UFO phenomena, something that I think is very important, the way that he views it. And one thing is obvious. UFO phenomena is quite complex for a variety of reasons. There's no one explanation that can even vaguely attempt to explain what's going on. It is a lot of perception Uh, Alien contact and abductions are a very dark and real thing, and this has permeated our mainstream reality through various sources, and I'm finding that the lives of people that have been affected by this, they, they quite literally have been broken, and it's important to realize that beyond fear, the anguish, the pain, you know, we do live in a world that is, uh, fairly broken. It's a broken world. We have wars, we have poverty, we have hunger, we have abuse of various sorts, and 
there is there is a light. There is a light. And I think that Richard's books and his work shine brightly and offer this light to people so they can have the ability to manipulate this energy to their benefit. Please check out his website, richarddlewisauthor.com. Check out his books, his free tools to uh, help those in need. Man, so excited that I got to talk to him and so excited where the conversation went. Until next time, keep your eyes to the skies, feet on the ground, but don't forget to take a look around. Time machine, third eye feeling like it need visine. Blast off, blast off, blast off, blast off. Come blast off in my time machine, third eye feeling like it need visine. Blast off, blast off, blast off.